listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friend. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Beulah Girl podcast, and I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. I'm continuing on with a series I started some time ago, Joy in the Midst of Suffering. I took a pause from the series the last few weeks. I've had an interruption in my schedule. Like those of you listening with the COVID-19 pandemic, I've had my kids at home. So I've been homeschooling them. And also my husband has been, he's a teacher. So he's been teaching online classes at home. And so we've had a total disruption in our schedule and any kind of alone time to myself has been tough to find. I literally am going to my master closet to have quiet time or going to one of my kids' bedrooms when they're downstairs in the morning. Um, And just any kind of time to myself, I'm having to wake up at odd hours, either late at night or in the morning. So I did have to take a pause from this, this series, but I want to continue it and finish it. And then we'll kind of take it from there. But I love the message that I'll be speaking on today. And it's how God gives us what we need to get through our difficult circumstance. And this message is one that's been super encouraging for me. And I hope that you will feel the same way. A few years ago, I read a story about a woman and she had terminal brain cancer. She decided to get help from a death with dignity program that allows terminal patients to end their lives on their own timeline. She had about six months to live. She had exhausted every option as far as healthcare, as far as treatment options, and she had severe seizures and headaches. And so she just decided, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I want to decide when my last day is going to be. Her story made headlines because she partnered with a program and was very vocal. She was not only a cancer patient, but she was also an advocate for death with dignity programs. And she was very vocal and put out several videos and, and did several interviews with news outlets. And when I first read her story, I was angered. I was sort of outraged. My my questions were, you know, how could you do this to your family? Or how, you know, why do you think that you have the right to choose when to end your life? And obviously, as a Christian, my stance is that God is the one that gets to decide and that God put us here on earth and gets to decide when we exit. However, now sometime later, of course, I still have the same stance on the issue, but I do have more compassion and, and understanding for her than I did when I initially heard her story. I just felt angry when I first read what she was doing. And I wanted to put a lot of posts up on Facebook about how she shouldn't be doing what she's doing. But now that I look at it, I think, you know, I've never been in the situation she's been in. And of course, I couldn't have the same stance as her on the issue because of my belief as a Christian. But I think that even though I don't agree with her, I do think her story is instructive in just the fact that in all of us, even though we're not necessarily thinking about extreme like she was, I think all of us have that kind of that tendency to look for an escape when situations get tough. We all have within us 
the tendency to gravitate towards comfort and ease to avoid hardship and suffering. And yet as Christians, we are called to walk through suffering as much as we would like to have to avoid difficulty. God points us at times to walk in places we would rather not go. And yet the wonderful truth we have in scripture is that God doesn't abandon us in those places. When he leads us into suffering, he walks with us and provides for us in the process. Now, as you're listening, you may have suffering in your life. That may be why you were drawn to this, this episode and your suffering may be because of what's happening in our country at the moment, maybe because of COVID-19, that maybe your hours have been slashed at work, maybe your business is struggling, maybe you don't know how you're going to stay afloat, maybe, you know, there are loved ones in your life that have gotten sick or at the hospital or you have paralyzing fear or anxiety when you watch the news. Maybe you even have received a positive test result for COVID-19. Or maybe as you're listening that there is suffering in your life that really doesn't have anything to do with the pandemic, but maybe the suffering is because of a relationship conflict that has been festering for some time and never really seems to get resolved. Maybe because of a health issue that has been lingering around or has recently popped into your life, or maybe a financial struggle that was there before the pandemic hit our country and maybe is even heightened at the moment. So whatever the case that there are so many ways that we can experience trouble and maybe in this moment, you're not really seeing how God is with you and maybe you're wondering if he has left you to fend on your own or how he is going to show up for you or you're wondering if, you know, where are you, God? Psalm 4, 1 says this, Answer me when I've called to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. This psalm was written by David and it is believed that he wrote this during the rebellion of his son Absalom. And Absalom rose up against David and built a resistance. So he basically elicited support from those that had once been followers of David and threatened to take away David's entire kingdom from him. David was on the run at one point from his own son. As you can imagine, David felt great distress because of the betrayal of Absalom and those that had expressed allegiance to him There was anxiety because of the situation and the upheaval in his kingdom. And he turned to the one place he could go in his suffering and poured out his words in, in a prayer to God. His words provide us hope and encouragement in our own places of suffering. What can we learn from David's words in the Psalm? There are three ideas that I want to take away here. And the first is that David suffered, even though he was God's chosen. The reason that I want to point this out is that I believe that for many of us, when we walk down the road that God asks us to go down, he's given us a particular assignment. We've walked into it. We've obeyed. We've gone the direction he said, and then we encounter trouble. It can be very confusing and we can wonder where is God and why has he led me here in the midst of it? And we may feel like that there's something wrong and that maybe This is not how it should be. But the truth is that we will walk into trouble when we follow God, that we're actually 
promised trouble. Jesus tells us in John 16, 13, it says that we can expect trouble, but to take heart for he has overcome the world. So the verse doesn't tell us to expect trouble and stop there. It tells us to expect trouble, but not to be disheartened by it because Jesus has already had the victory. And when we follow and walk with Jesus, we too will have the victory. This may not be the exact ending or or change of circumstance that we envisioned. That may not be the victory God has for us. But if we stay walking with God, aligned with him, we will have victory in our situation, even if we don't see it yet. The, the second point I want to make is that God makes a way for us through our suffering. In this verse, David asked for God to give him relief from his suffering. In the King James Version, it says this, Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distressed. When I first read the NIV version, which talks about David asking God to give him relief, and the King James, where David says, thou has enlarged me, I was very confused because my question was, how can these translations even, I mean, how can these even be coming from the same manuscript? They just seem so different. They don't even seem to mean the same things. Generally, when you look at different translations, they'll be similar. They might have a little bit different wording, but these words just seem so different. Relief, enlarged, how could they even be the same? So I I decided to look up the verse in the original Hebrew. And what I found is that both of these words are translated from a Hebrew word that means to be or grow wide or large. And the idea in the original is that of pressure the figure taken of an army surrounded and given an escape to an open meadow. Therefore, when we look at both of these, the idea could be of God giving us relief or enlarging us by giving us the comfort and joy we need, but also the relief from pressure we need in our circumstance or just this a sense of escape as far as to an open place, even though we may still be surrounded, but we may just feel a sense of relief or a sense of a widening of space so we have freedom to sort of move even if we're still surrounded. So when I looked at the Hebrew translation, a word there, I could see that, okay, I could see how it could be translated. And I kind of like that there are different translations of it because it can mean both of those things that are being saying is that David is asking for relief from pressure and also remembering how God has given him this spacious place in the past and he's asking him to do it again. In Psalm 18, 19, it says, he brought me into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted me. And so it says just the similar idea of God giving us a place, a relief from pressure. And I love how both of these words kind of express that in a different way. So when we're pressed on every side, we don't know what to do when the opposition, the struggles are beyond what we can handle and we see no God way, no way out. God, even if he doesn't take away our circumstance or take it out us out of it, he does provide a way through. And that's what it's talking about in the Psalm when it's talking about, he gives room relief from pressure. He enlarges me. It's just this idea of having a way through our suffering, even if we aren't immediately rescued from it. 
The third point I want to bring about is that David's hope is in God alone. This may seem too obvious to even point out, but David puts his hope in the one he has turned to time and time again. The situation with his son isn't David's first encounter with pain or struggle. If we look at the years that David was on the run from King Saul when he first was anointed king, we see that David has encountered time and time again opposition, threats, even had to fear for his own life, that he's weathered many stressful circumstances. David says at the beginning of his prayer, answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. And it's interesting that he mentions righteous there, but it's significant because he he knows the one he's appealing to, the God who never errs and always does right, a God who can be trusted and a God who defends his own. David is being mistreated. He's being attacked by his own son. And he knows that he can present his case to God. And God, because God appointed him as king of Israel, he knows that God will do what's right for his kingdom. And there's just this sense that even though David may have those who don't believe that, you know, maybe don't believe that David should be king anymore or aren't willing really on his side, that he has someone who he can appeal to who is always going to do what is right and just. So it's just this encouragement that even if there are those in our life who they aren't doing what's right and they may have control over us or maybe over us. Maybe it's a boss at work or it's someone who in, in our family who has control over certain decisions and they're not making the right ones and they're not acting justly and we're being mistreated and maybe no one even knows and there's no one that we can even turn to for help. We get this sense in this Psalm that God knows and that God as a God of justice, will always do what is right and that he will defend us when we are mistreated and he is on our side and we can be at peace knowing that whatever he chooses to do in our circumstance will be the right course. Whether he chooses to just walk through it with us or he just says enough and takes us right out of it, that we can be at peace knowing He will not leave us in our suffering and he'll always make the right choice in helping us, even if no one else comes to our aid. I want to just wrap up by saying that generally in suffering, the natural thing for us is to ask for a rescue out of our troubles. And I think of that as saying, you know, that's what I think of when I think of a rescue is someone literally snatching me up out of whatever tough circumstance I'm in. And that's generally what I expect and ask for. And certainly that's that's a good thing to ask God. We can ask him, Lord, can I just be done here? And certainly God does in many instances provide a rescue out of our trials. He takes them away. And yet in some instances for reasons we can't always understand, God doesn't take us out of our suffering. Instead, his rescue that he provides is that he walks through our suffering with us. And if we're struggling with that, 
I think that it can be very encouraging to look at the fact that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane asked for God to take away his cup of suffering. He did not want to go to the cross. And yet he did it because it was God's will for him. Even though God didn't remove the cross, he did send Jesus an angel to strengthen him in the garden. We can read that story in Luke twenty-two forty-three. So God didn't take away the cross. Jesus still had to go, but he did send an angel to strengthen him and gave Jesus what he needed in the moment to accomplish his purposes. And he does the same thing. So for many of us, we may be praying for God to deliver us from a particular situation, but if God hasn't answered in the way we want, we have the assurance that even if God doesn't change our situation or take our suffering away, he will give us what we need to, to, to get through. If we are praying for a change and have seen none, can we instead look and see how God is giving us what we need to endure, what he's called us to? Or if we can't see in the moment, can we take the posture of David and ask God for the relief we need and just be confident that God will send our way what we need. There's so many circumstances in my own life that I can look back and say, you know, God was there. He didn't necessarily take me out of the situation, but he definitely helped me through. And one such situation was when I went through a health circumstance where it just popped up unexpectedly where I had basically a situation ended up in urgent care and they didn't know initially what was wrong with me, but I was in a lot of pain and it took going to a few doctors to find out even the situation. But when I'd finally got a diagnose diagnosis for what I was going through, I found out that I was going to be on the mend for six weeks. And at that point, then they would have to assess if I needed surgery or not. But six weeks at the time my husband was working he was busy coaching and I had three kids and I didn't know we live in an area where we don't have family members super close by we they're about an hour away and so I didn't have that drill out we were also fairly new to the area so we didn't have a network established yet where we could you know, reach out to some people and get help. And so I just remember feeling so overwhelmed when I left the the urgent care. I actually went to the pharmacy to pick, pick up my prescription and I was holding back tears. I was sitting there crying. In fact, there was this gentleman, very well-intended gentleman, um, who we had this interesting conversation because he was turning to some alternative medicines for cure from cancer. But anyways, he felt bad for me. And he came over and just tried to comfort me. And my medical problems were not like anything near what he was experiencing. His liver was metastasizing and he, you know, he was, he was in a bad, bad situation, but he just came over and offered what he could. But I just remember being so overwhelmed and thinking, how in the world am I going to make it? I'm in incredible pain. I I can't take care of my kids the way I need to or my house. How am I going to go shopping and cook and all those things? And I didn't even know what to really do. And I was feeling really, really just down. And after picking up prescriptions and getting home, my husband came home the following day. 
and told me that he had just so happened, his principal was a Christian and he had just so happened to go talk to his principal about something unrelated. And his principal asked how I was doing because he had heard that I had was having a health crisis. And while he was talking to his principal and updating his principal, there was another guy that was in the room and he was the FCA director, which is like a Christian association that, that partners with coaches and athletes and they bring the gospel to schools. But he just was the director of the FCA for our county and he just happened to be in the room and he heard that we were in need and that we weren't doing too well and that I wasn't doing too well. And I've never met this gentleman and he didn't really know my husband that well. He knew he was, but he took it upon himself to organize meals for our family. We had total strangers that we didn't even know come and deliver meals. They gave us gift cards to um, restaurants and it was just enough. It was just that the first two weeks were really the rough weeks for me. And then after that, I just started really improving where I was getting to the point where I could get out to the store and I could make meals and things like that. But it was just what we needed in the moment. And I so doubted that that God would come through. I, I didn't have enough faith because I, I was looking at my circumstances and saying, well, we don't know anyone here and we don't have family that lives nearby. And I was looking at all the impossibilities in my eyes. And then it was the easiest thing. God just orchestrated from these complete strangers that were, were Christians. And they, they ended up delivering food and helping my family. And I can relate so many other circumstances where God didn't necessarily take away the circumstance, but in the midst of it, he gave me what I needed, just the relief I needed to be able to make it. And some, you know, I mentioned that circumstance. I did get better. I didn't have to have surgery. I did recover. It did take a full six weeks. In that case, it was more of a physical. Um, we had physical needs that, that God supplied. But then there's been other circumstances where it's been a more of emotional support. So it's just this idea that God gave me enough, the relief I needed to be able to make it. And this psalm, what it's telling us is we may not always like what God wants us to walk through, but when we abide in him, he provides this spacious place for our souls in the midst of our greatest difficulties. When he doesn't provide an out from our suffering, we can rest assured he will give us what we need to endure. So whatever circumstance you find yourself in as you're listening, be encouraged that you are not forsaken, you are not abandoned. And on this Easter weekend, that there we can remember that Jesus was one who walked before us and suffered greatly. And in his own suffering, he asked to go a different road. And yet that wasn't the way God pointed for him. And yet God strengthened and helped him. And he does the same for us. So let's just pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this psalm that reminds us that you have not forsaken us. Even if we feel alone, we feel abandoned, we feel like we don't have what we need to endure, that we can look in your word and we can see this prayer written so many years ago that expresses what many of us are feeling right now. We may be in great distress. We may feel betrayal. We may feel 
anxiety. We may feel suffering in the deepest degree. And in those places, Lord, we can turn to you and we can ask you for relief. And just like you did for King David, just like you did for so many of your servants in the Bible, you will step in and provide exactly what we need. You have not left us. Even if we feel like you're not there, you are close to the brokenhearted. It tells us in scripture and you are close to us. So help us just to press into that truth. Help us to look for the ways that you're already helping us and continue to ask you for whatever we need in in the coming days and weeks as we go through whatever it is. And even if, Lord, you don't take away the suffering, Lord, help us to look for the ways that you are helping us and to continue to press into you knowing that you are the one that's going to help us get through even if you don't necessarily take us out of what we're going through. Thank you so much, Lord, that you're with us and that you walk through everything that we go through, that you're right by our side. Thank you, Lord, and we just love you. In Jesus' name.